Well, hey everyone. I'm excited that this week we're starting a new shared teaching ministry between Local Church of Los Angeles and Local Church of Lenore City. And I will just start by saying that um, we, churches who are part of our network, Local Church Fellowship, will always be committed to learning the Word of God. That to us is non-negotiable, and I'll give you a few reasons for that. Uh, first of all, learning scripture together has always been a practice of God's people throughout history, and we're just continuing on that tradition. The Bible commands that the Bible be taught, as it always has been, and so we will continue that. Secondly, we see the Bible as our completely sufficient and unerring source for all of life. Uh, 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's God's word to us. Another reason that we'll be committed is the Bible is the primary way that God speaks to us through his spirit. I said it before, but the the scripture is the dominant vocabulary that the Holy Spirit uses to speak to us. And lastly, what we read in scripture just tells us that we should love God's word. Listen to Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure enlightening the eyes. The Bible is a treasure and we want to know it. And so we're going to be committed to that. I want to put forth an idea that we really have to learn the Bible together in local church contexts. Okay. So Ephesians Chapter 4 says this, And God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So God, among other gifts, gifts the church with teachers, and then the Spirit empowers all of those gifts for our common good. So I say that, that God gives to his churches teachers for us um, to, uh, for, for, to make a case that teaching specifically within our local churches is important. And this only kind of needs to be said in the 21st century um, because, uh, as you know, we have seemingly infinite options for receiving teaching, right? So not only do we have book upon book upon book about theology and the Bible available for us to read um, or, or listen to now, right? But we have podcast upon podcast and podcast of teachers who are just right there at our fingertips ready to give us a sermon. And I'd like to say that as helpful as those are, those modern resources, they are not sufficient. I'll give you three reasons why I say that, why our learning shouldn't be primarily sourced outside of our local church. First reason, Matt Chandler doesn't know you. 
uh, the Ephesians 4 passage I just read, it connects the gifts of teaching to pastoring, to shepherding, okay? Uh, almost making those gifts kind of the same thing. So I'll just tell you, John Piper can provide good moving information, but he isn't pastoring you like a local pastor. Javon and I meet weekly to discuss the specific issues in our church, and we pray for you guys specifically in your understanding, in our understanding, and application of the Bible. So we um, are even considering when, when we're teaching how this passage of scripture that we're working for, for, uh, through relates to Los Angeles, relates to Lenore City. Um, even going through Second Timothy as we're about to, I picked that specifically for us, our churches, right now. So you are being pastored locally in a way that books and podcasts cannot pastor you. Secondly, why local teaching is important is if your primary diet of teaching is books and podcasts external to your local church, you will inevitably be taught whatever you want to hear. Does that make sense? Like you will pick and choose what seems right to you uh, or even entertaining to you and you will decide what you need to hear now how healthy is that instead in a local church setting we can see among ourselves what needs to be heard right thirdly why local teaching is important is that if god has given teachers to a church for the church then who are you to say i have no need of you that's Paul's argument in 1 Corinthians 12, where, like it or not, he says the church is a body with many members, all who need each other. And we aren't all teachers, so God gives us teachers within our body. So why does all of that even need to be said? I will just go ahead and state the obvious that uh, we at Local Church Fellowship, we will not have the best teachers you have ever heard. We are going to do our best to utilize those who are particularly gifted in our context, but Jared, Javon, Jeff, we can't compete with Francis Chan and all those amazing sermons that you've heard in the past. But here's what we can provide, specifically shepherding, shepherding specific to you, as I was just explaining. Feedback, right? Like, let's, let's talk about this, what we're learning. You're not going to get that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, right? Accountability. Like we can say, let's not move on to the next passage until we're doing this one. I'll tell you another thing that's kind of under the surface of our less than phenomenal teaching skills, okay? Often you'll find and you have found that our, our sharing will be, um, what we teach will be a simple obvious point that you already know like I, I didn't need the teacher to tell me that but that point what I want you to know it may come after that teacher has spent hours upon hours sorting through the numerous voices that 
may be giving conflicting opinions on that scripture. Okay, so God has given us pastor teachers for safety to protect against false doctrine. And when we give you an explanation of well, what you already thought, at least you can know that somebody else has served you in your church by weeding out the other unbiblical views. And I'm not saying that we're going to get it right every time. Obviously, we won't. But we have put in the work, if you will. Uh, and you can be assured of that. Um, I also think you will learn a lot that you didn't know before. Every week, you'll learn some things. And it's not just because us who are teaching you are smarter than you, but because we've spent probably 10 or 20 hours even studying this passage that you didn't spend studying the passage. So we're going to be able to bring some things to you that you didn't know before. So I just want to tell you kind of our goal in this, in, in this teaching ministry. Our goal is not to blow your mind as communicators or to provide some like novel ideas that you'd never heard before so that you think, man, Javon, you really hit a home run. Isn't he amazing? Which honestly, that's, that's the temptation for us, right? It, it feels good. Um, to, to, to get notoriety as a teacher because you're such a good teacher. And I guarantee there are preachers out there who are aiming for that. But our goal at local church fellowship churches is to give the sense of God's already powerful word, to let his word pierce our hearts like the two-edged sword that it is, that it already is apart from anything that we could add to it. So our goal is to make sure that it's this word of God that's speaking, not us. I hope that makes sense, um, and I hope that you'll join us in that moving forward. Uh, so another thing to say is that learning God's word, uh, though it is non-negotiable, there are different ways to teach and to learn God's word. There's different learning styles, right? So some people are auditory learners, learners through reading or writing. There's visual spatial learners who want diagrams and charts, kinesthetic learners. And so, and that changes over time and over the centuries as well. Um, I've also heard it said that there's meta learning, which is like just the information transfer. There's reflective learning, which is like uh, processing something through critical thinking and through discussion. There's experiential learning. We learn as we're doing. Um, we also know that, that uh, repetition is key to learning, hearing the same thing over and over. Most pastors want their church to learn, um, so they... Here's the thing. Most pastors want their church to learn, so they spend the majority of their time preparing for their weekly sermons. And the pressure's on because, as I said, everybody in their church has like amazing access to these blow-your-mind podcasts, right, with these world-class communicators. But there's something really unfortunate that happens. And we as, as preachers, we talk about this all the time. After all the preparation, time, and the delivery, how much is the congregation going to remember on Monday or later that week or a few weeks even after that? Or even scarier, how, how much are they actually then going to apply of the little that they can remember? And so I think how odd is it that a pastor would spend the majority of his time in a ministry that is so seemingly fruitless? 
Are we actually learning the Bible? Like we have this non-negotiable um, need to teach and to learn the Bible, but we have some flexibility on how to do that. So how could we do things a little differently, uh, maybe differently than the more traditional version of the pulpit sermon in a way that can help us accomplish that same goal of, of learning the word of God, maybe in a more helpful way to our culture, to our context. So how will we learn it? That's what I want to end this segment sharing with you. What is our format at local church fellowship? And this may change over time. Uh, it probably will change over time, but I want to tell you our multifaceted kind of learning approach. First, we'll continue to have our midweek kind of lecture style teaching. And we'll use the gifted teachers, whoever God provides as time goes by, um, whoever he provides to our church. Those teachings will focus on the historical grammatical interpretation of a Bible passage, which is basically answering the question, what did the original author who wrote this segment of scripture, what did they mean? What was their intention with what they were saying? And so as, as teachers will help as, as we've studied to, to give some of the historical or the cultural or the linguistic kind of disconnects for us in the 21st century in the West that, that we should just be aware of to help us to understand what the author was saying. And we also might add into that, how does this fit into the larger story of the Bible? Okay, so we won't be focusing so much on application that yet, we'll talk about that in a second, just the meaning. What did the author mean? And we're really going to try to limit that time to about 20, 25 minutes for our modern short attention spans. Okay, then same, same day, same event, we will have regularly some reflective discussion for the rest of the time, maybe 30 minutes or so. So we'll be saying in that, hey, now that we understand or better understand what the biblical writer is meaning to communicate to his original hearers, now let's digest that through conversation. And we'll ask questions. Well, what do we learn about God? What do we learn about humanity? How does this connect, this scripture connect into our modern context? What are some of the applications we can start coming up with? Some of those questions will be um, more like feeling kind of questions, which is okay. Um, as long as we start with meaning, we can progress to feeling. It's not good to get those reversed and start with feeling to determine the meaning. But as long as we're starting with meaning, it's okay that we talk about how does this make us feel? How does this stir us up? How am I being moved by this passage? And knowing that we're going to have a discussion after that initial teaching, um, I will probably listen more and you all will listen even more closely knowing that there's going to be a discussion to follow that hopefully we'll be able to participate in right so then after that teaching event we will have other opportunities outside of that for some follow-up application discussions exhortation based on what we've learned and reflected on Sundays, when we come together for our fellowship gatherings, after we've kind of processed the passage for a few days, um, some of you, I hope, will feel moved to share your personal application to the scriptures. Or even, I would love this, to exhort the church to action. Hebrews 10.24 says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. I don't know if any of y'all watch um, Cheer the Netflix show. I don't recommend it, but I did watch it. Um, and there's this time, it happens a number of times in the different uh, episodes, where 
if a big event is coming up for this cheer squad, they're cheerleaders and they take part in these competitions, a big event's coming up or there's been a big failure in their routine or something like that, all of them will gather up in a circle and it's a little bit cringy, but there will be like a couple of the people, cheerleaders will come forward and they'll start like calling out to each other and exhorting each other to say, we can do this. We've got to do this. Let's keep working hard at this. We know what we're supposed to do. Now let's work hard at doing this together. And they're exhorting each other. And as um, cringy as it is, uh, they are, they're, they're trying to fire each other up. I think that sounds like Ephesians 10.24. And so what if we did that on Sundays? What if somebody was like, hey, if we're understanding this text correctly, then we've got to do this. And we could pastorally or um, prophetically just exhort one another to live these things out. So that can happen on Sunday as a follow-up to the teaching and reflective discussion on Wednesday. And then lastly, some daily kind of engagement. So our churches both on Sunday, this last Sunday, looked at Acts 2 and discussed uh, the common life that they shared together. And we said, well, listen, we can't do the exact same thing as them in how often frequently they were together, but we can attempt our own version of a common life. And so why don't we use some of the modern tools of our society to do that? We have cars that we can drive distances that could not be walked. And so we can get together in person. We can say, hey, meet me at Costco where we can do our shopping and then we can discuss what we're learning in scripture over a hot dog, right? Or we have phones that we can um, call each other and text each other and say, here's how I'm finding God's word to, to be true in my life today. Or um, like I think it was mentioned Sunday, we have social media. If I care enough to like or to comment on what outfit you picked out yesterday or what you had for lunch, then might I care enough to I am you a spiritually edifying thought. So yes, we miss out on some of the kind of close-knit first century walkable community, that kind of a church, but we actually, y'all, we have the, the means to communicate with each other more than ever. So let's use those things. Specifically, we have Realm. Um, I know you guys probably get tired of hearing about Realm, but we have uh, no reason to promote it except that we think it's a helpful tool for our fellowship or our participation with one another. Okay, Realm doesn't pay me to say this. We actually think it can be helpful to us. So how might we use that tool in our daily kind of common life to learn God's word? If um, reflective kind of conversations and repetition and application are all helpful to learning, could we make Realm one source of regular engagement when we're not able to physically be together? Could that become part of our church's common life? And so just a quick plan for that. Um, we will start to make posts saying, here's the passage that will be taught this coming week. Several days before it, we're getting together on a midweek teaching, um, we'll say, here's the passage. Hop on Realm as often as you can, daily even, and read that passage. Meditate on it. Respond. Write in the comments, say, hey, this stands out to me. Or, hey, I don't understand this. Or I wonder what Paul meant when he said this. Just put down your initial thoughts. What sticks out to you? And um, what that's going to do when you come to the midweek teaching or learning event, 
you're not arriving cold to that, but you've already been considering the passage, which we know means that you'll learn better because of that. Um, and in those comments, that also gives whoever's going to be teaching that passage some feedback on what in the passage may need some clarification that's not apparent to us on our, our cursory kind of reads of it. Then we'll have our midweek learning event. Then we have another post that will say, okay, maybe when the podcast is posted, we can start another comment thread that we can say, okay, this this was amazing. This is this is something now that I'm going to try and apply. Will you all pray for me in this as I'm trying to apply scripture uniquely in my own life? Or this 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 part of what we learned in Second Timothy was meaningful to my life because dot dot dot. So I just ask you, like, does that like compared to a uh, one and done kind of 45 minute sermon, do you think that you might learn as we go through Second Timothy, better than that, if you come on Wednesdays with the passage already kind of fresh in your mind, you get some teaching from a local teacher to clarify some of the meaning of the passage. After that teaching, you get some immediate live reflective discussion to process that passage. Later in the week, you have some follow-up conversations through Realm and other times that you may meet up with people and call people to discuss that application. Sundays, we come together in person and we have an all-church follow-up and a time of exhortation and prayers from other members. I think if we're doing all of these things, it will help our learning. Do you? I don't know how it could not. And, and I want you to hear me on this. This isn't adding anything to your schedule except five or 10 minutes or more if you want, but um, kind of daily that we're asking you to give consideration to our common life together through a phone call, meeting up, realm, whatever it is. Um, some days you may just take that time to, to be in fellowship with believers and partnership together just by praying for members of our church, a few minutes. Some, uh, you might post in on Realm, hey, can you pray for me in this? Some days it might be writing an encouraging note to somebody or giving somebody a text. Some days it might be re replying on this thread of comments about the, the scripture that we're going to be working through or have just worked through and, and helping us keep God's word central in our lives by learning together. Okay, so, so that's what we're going for moving forward. Um, in just a minute here, we'll jump into 2 Timothy, but I want you to pause for just a second and uh, see if there's any uh, clarifying thoughts that's needed on any of that.